May we have your attention, please? A recent piece of market research showed that a number of people think that RSSB stands for Rail Safety Standards Board. In fact, our full legal name is Rail Safety and Standards Board, so a lot of our work is about how to improve safety on our railways. And that includes helping others in the industry to understand, manage and mitigate hazards. One of the tools we use to do this is Bowtie Risk Analysis. Now, this may date back to a lecture on hazard analysis given in the University of Queensland in 1979. In July 1988, the Piper Alpha disaster, an explosion on an oil platform in the North Sea that killed 167 men, led the Royal Dutch Shell Group to adopt the method. The company did a lot of work on how to use it and developed some best practice for risk analysis and management. The company wanted an easily applicable method that could be applied consistently across its operations worldwide. Since then, bowtie risk analysis has been adopted in many other high-risk sectors, including chemicals, mining, civil aviation, and now rail. I'm joined today by Ben Gilmartin, one of our lead system safety engineers at RSSB, our bowtie analysis expert, and not by coincidence, also lead author in the most recent version of Taking Safe Decisions. Ben, welcome to the RSSB podcast. As with all first-time guests, I'll start by asking you to introduce yourself and tell our listeners how you came to your current role in the railway. Thanks, Ant. Well, as a chartered engineer, I've been working on safety engineering and risk assessment now for over 20 years. I've worked in various industry sectors such as oil and gas, the petrochemical industries, maritime transport, but most recently the railways. I've worked in safety consultancy and I was a safety advisor at Network Rail for a period. But for the past 14 years, I've been at RSSB carrying out and advising on safety risk management, risk assessment, that sort of thing. So basically, that means qualitative and quantified risk assessment, consequence and risk modelling, applying various different hazard and hazard identification techniques and carrying out cost benefit analysis to support safety decision making and so on. In the last few years, I've done a lot of work to bring the RSSB framework document, Taking Safe Decisions, to a wider audience, including writing the latest version, along with other related good practice guidance material, such as how to navigate through the common safety method for risk assessment, which is described in GEGN 8646. Ben, thank you for that. Today, we're going to talk about bowtie risk analysis so that Those who aren't familiar with it can understand whether it's something they could use. We'll be looking at how, when and why you might consider using the bowtie method. But my first question, Ben, is why did RSSB start looking at the bowtie method as a means of risk analysis? Well, to be honest, Ant, you could say that the rail industry has been a bit patchy on how we use bowties up to now. As part of our overall risk management toolkit, if you like, Some parts of the industry make really good use of the method already and manage to integrate it into their normal safety management system activities, whereas others are possibly missing out on a potentially useful risk management tool. So RSSB has been producing a number of bowtie risk models over the past five years, but in 2019 particularly, it was identified that we could play more of a prominent role in leading the industry to explore how to improve rail capability using the methodology and explore just how to make the most of it, where it works well, how it can help us, where it's useful, and so on. 
And so, of course, it makes sense that looking to our future plans to produce an expanding library of useful bowtie models, we should turn to the leading health and safety on Britain's railway strategy, since that is where industries identified where we think we need to focus our efforts to improve our understanding of risk and ultimately to make changes to improve the way we manage that risk. So bowtie models are one of the tools available to us that can help with this. Thank you, Ben. That covers why RSSB is developing a capability for the rail industry to benefit from. Before we go on, could you tell us a little bit more about the bowtie method? Yeah, sure. So the bowtie method was developed in the 1980s and the 1990s and came primarily out of the oil and gas industries. As you mentioned in the introduction, the Royal Dutch Shell Group adopted the method and developed a good practice approach to using it. This then enabled them to understand and monitor how risk controls were being applied throughout all its operations worldwide. And then this in turn gave them the assurance that their hazards were being managed and controlled in an effective and consistent way with a well understood set of barriers or safety measures. I remember doing some work for Shell in the late 1990s, for example, on a bowtie model for an oil and gas terminal in Nigeria. So the method has been around for some time. The method itself is relatively simple, deceptively simple in some ways, but this is one of its strengths. It's a very visual tool which can be great for communicating about risk to a wider non-specialist audience, people who aren't necessarily safety specialists. Ideally, you don't need to be an expert or have a PhD to be able to read or use a bow tie. The bow tie model captures ideally on one easily readable page, all the threats, the consequences, and the control measures or barriers associated with a particular hazard or risk. And if you imagine the shape of a bow tie on on the left-hand side, you have all the threats that might lead to or cause or trigger this central hazard that you're interested in or the the, the central knot of the bow tie. Then on the right-hand side, you have all the potential consequences of that hazard. And between the threats, the central hazard and the consequences, we have various barriers in place which, when they're working properly, should stop the hazard or prevent or reduce the seriousness of the consequences. So again, on a good bow tie model, we can see exactly how we're controlling a risk, how well we're controlling a risk, what we're relying on for safety, and more importantly, where our weaknesses might be. And then this helps us to identify where we need to do more work or spend more time or money or effort on strengthening the set of barriers. And then in turn, this helps us to be more confident that we're controlling the hazard so far as is reasonably practicable. It also helps us to focus our efforts on the right things so that we can manage risk efficiently and in as cost-effective a way as possible. Thank you, Ben. Those sound to me to be some very good reasons for using bowtie analysis. But as we say, so as not to show bias, other risk analysis methods are available. Could you tell us when you think the bow tie method is particularly applicable and perhaps also when it isn't? Yeah. So as a visual technique, the main strength of the bow tie model is its ability to communicate risk to a wider audience, to promote discussion, to share a common understanding of an issue. For example, an industry leader or say a director is more likely to have time to consider an overview of a safety issue presented on a single page than in a complicated 300-page quantified risk analysis report. But of course, this does mean that when you need some of the quantified detail, you might need to use other techniques alongside a bow tie. 
But in any case, a bow tie model can provide a really good high level picture of a problem to understand where you need to do further detailed work. Now, there are several reasons you might want to develop a model. For example, you might want to provide assurance of the level of control of a specific risk, maybe to the ORR or to other companies that you're working with. You might want to identify areas where your organization needs to improve something as part of your safety management system activities and continual monitoring and improvement of safety. You can also use the existing RSSB industry level bow ties to decide what your organization should be doing at a local level, or you could even use them as a starting point to produce your own organization's models and then link them directly to your own SMS and procedures and so on. Some companies use bowtie models as an audit tool to keep track of how well and how consistently barriers are working throughout their organization in different departments or in different locations, in different stations along the line. And another potentially valuable use of a bowtie model is to review a safety incident to properly understand what went wrong, what barriers failed, how they failed, and work out what changes we need to make to stop it happening again. Well, Ben, those are a lot of reasons why you might use a bow tie analysis, even if your need for a risk analysis meets one or more of those criteria. How do you decide when it's the right method? So I've got to say that bow ties aren't the magic solution to everything. We've got to be honest, but they are a really useful addition to the risk assessment toolbox, and they can be really powerful when used well. But of course, as with any risk assessment, there's a huge difference between a good one and a bad one. And a lot of that comes down to good planning. Again, as with any risk assessment, there are several questions, key questions that you need to ask yourself before you start. What are you trying to achieve? What's the problem or question that you're trying to solve? How are you going to use the final model? And who's going to use the final model? So there are different reasons for producing bowtie models and these are going to affect how you develop the model, what you want to put in it, what you want to capture in it and how much detail you want to capture. And these questions also help you decide whether bowtie analysis is actually the right tool for the job in the first place. Thank you Ben. That seems to have covered the why and the when questions nicely. If our listeners would like more detail, I would direct them to our website where they can download your more comprehensive rail industry bowtie analysis, a good practice guide. There's a link to the webpage in the blog for this episode, or you can find it on the RSSB website by searching for bowtie good practice. You've covered some of the theory of why and when to use the bowtie method. I know you have an ongoing program, so could you briefly mention some of the areas where this has already been put into practice for our industry? Yeah, so in the same part of the RSSB website, in the Bowtie Hub pages, you can find the Bowtie Risk Model Library, and this contains PDF snapshots of the models that have been produced so far. The full models are going to be available online shortly via the RSSB Bowtie Server Library, which is going to be accessible to registered users. So, so far, we've produced models looking at the risk associated with freight derailments, trespass risk, slips, trips and falls around stations, as well as looking at platform train interface risk in stations. And most recently, we've developed a model in response to the COVID pandemic to understand the way the industry is managing the risk and protecting passengers. Thank you, Ben. And for which other parts of the railway and which risk areas do you plan to create bow ties? Well, yeah, again, our plans are very much dedicated to supporting the leading health and safety on Britain's railway strategy to focus our efforts in the right areas. 
We've just completed a bow tie looking at train overspeeding, and we have a model in the pipeline looking at workforce safety on track and in depots. And we're working with the various risk groups to identify which bow tie models will be most useful to help them un better understand their risk areas and improve safety in those risk areas. And the intention is that the library of bowtie risk models will expand into new areas over the next couple of years. Well, that sounds like it's the start of a very comprehensive list of projects. Could you tell us how you might choose the right style of bowtie for a particular analysis? Yeah, so the Good Practice Guide has a lot to say on this, actually. The bowtie method's quite flexible, so you can apply it in a very formal way, which means you can capture a rigorous and detailed record of all the aspects of a risk issue and how it is being managed within a specific company. And you can then link to specific clauses in a company document and even use it as a compliance audit tool. But at the other extreme, a quickly produced model might be less rigorous, but it might give you a really good high level insight into an issue, which is then useful to generate discussion and shape further risk work, maybe flushing out all the things we don't yet know about an issue. Thank you, Ben. Finally, a quick overview of who should be involved in creating bowtie models. This is probably the biggest difference between producing a quick rich picture kind of bow tie, which can be sketched out quite easily and cheaply by one or two people, or a more rigorous and robust model which brings together the competencies, skills, knowledge and experience of a team of subject matter experts. This might then mean you need to organise a number of workshops and consultation or reviewing opportunities to capture and validate all that expert evaluation in detail. It's really about finding the right balance for how you intend to use the model in the end. And of course, taking safe decisions includes guidance on who to involve in risk assessments and decision processes. And this is just as applicable to producing a good bowtie risk model. Ben, thank you for taking the time to introduce us to the bowtie risk analysis method. I hope our listeners have more understanding of how, when and why they might use it. I will be producing future episodes that look at where bowtie analysis has been used to look at specific railway hazards. But if you want to know more in the meantime, please go to the blog page on the RSSB website to look at the show notes for this episode. There you'll find links to a range of websites with more information about the bowtie method, which includes some pages on the RSSB website. There's also a link you can use to contact Ben and ask more specific questions. As always, thank you for listening. If you have any comments about this or any other of our podcasts, please email me at podcasts at rssb.co.uk. Until the next time, stay safe. 